race to the taxi. Hold still. Each one of these is a life. A life you helped destroy. Come back now. Don't kill me. I'm not going to kill you. Your job will be to tell the rest of them that death is coming for them tonight. Tell them Eric Draven sends his regards. Walk out of here. They're gonna race your sorry ass. You're nothing but street grease, Eric. Street grease, you motherfucker. Is that gasoline I smell? No, man. No! 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 Welcome to Prattle World. I am your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider-Dan. And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to Shockphobia Fest, a month-long celebration of All Hallows' Eve's most frightening films and comic spooks. Ooh, and it's Devil's Night, and the feeling's right. And we have reached a milestone in the Spider-Dan and the Secret Balls podcast. The idea has indeed become the institution. We have reached our 150th episode, believe it or not. It's been a long road, but we've made it, and it's all being burned down uh, in Devil's Night. Uh, But I am joined by two very special people on this very special episode. I'm joined by Rhea Carrigan, who joined me last week for our trick or treat uh i won't i won't start pronouncing that all weird again uh just go back and listen to that uh sorry not last week the week before apologies that was uh rasheen with may and tonya todd is here decked out in all her gothic glory um you can't see it but it's a sight to behold um it is. It's a good look. It's a. It's a, it's a very good look. Um, so we are here to discuss the cult classic set around Halloween, as that is the rules for Shock Phobia Fest. It has to be set around. It doesn't necessarily have to be a horror film, but it, as long as it's in that that time frame. And it is the Crow, Alex Proyas's 1994 and Brandon Lee's final film. I'm sure we'll get into that. Tragically, the Crow. So, guys, what? has been your experience with The Crow? When did you see it? What happened to your life? How was it changed? Don't you think that first we should just have a moment to appreciate that you have 150 episodes? Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Well done. Congratulations. Why, thank you. Thank you. It's uh, It's been, uh, It's like I, I, I've said this before. I said this to Tonya with, uh, when we were talking about all the She-Hulk covers. 
Uh, I'm not much of a finisher. I'll start stuff and I'll be like, <laughs> I get bored or I get frustrated or I'm like, eh, this, is, this is a thing. Um, but I, I'm really, I'm, I, I'm shocked that we got to that we got to 100. I, I say we, but I know I know it's mostly me doing the work. But uh, I'm I'm only I only keep going because of the people I meet, like you guys, I've met through all of this and and the amazing comics in motion people. And like sometimes you know you don't often get to sit, see your friends as much or they cancel and things. But then if you go, well, well, I've got a thing we're going to do. We're going to do this thing. We have to do the thing. So we have to meet. We have to see each other. And and that's always nice. So there's people I, you know, I've, I've had ex-girlfriends on here. I've had, you know, friends I've not seen for two or three years. Um, people I've met maybe just once. There was, you know, there's a few people I've never met. And it's amazing. The the community and and the open, it's the best, it's the best community I've ever been, I've ever been a part of, I have to say. Um, the most open, the most understanding, most supportive. Uh, I include you guys in that as well. And uh, it's uh, I'm I'm blessed to to even be a small part of a of a great community with such great podcasters and great content. The both of you are putting out absolutely amazing content as well. Um, so I I'm the lucky one I think to be and know everybody else. Well, we appreciate being a part of it. Oh, don't you make me cry? Don't make me cry. <laughs> well, let's be mean to him. Let's do that for his hundred and fiftieth episode. No, that was, no. There, there are other ways to make him cry, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Oh God! I, I was like, don't don't be mean to me. Don't be mean to me, Ria. That might just turn me on instead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, getting to depravity already. The depravity, all the depravity. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. We've done all the soft shit. Uh, now, now we're back into done the, all the feelings. Do all the feelings. Emotions. Nobody wants those. Uh, well, it's. I have to say, this is a very emotional film, even though it is obviously it's a kind of a violent, dark, gritty comic book film. Yeah, Art. but it's a love story at its core. Absolutely. To tell us, Tonya, why is it a love story? Because none of it would matter if he didn't love Sherry. Like, if he weren't coming back just to avenge her murder, none of it would matter. And he's protecting people he loves. He's pre- he didn't come back for himself. He came back for the people he loves. So, so do you think he comes back, or was it the crow itself? By the way, we are probably I feel going like the to... crow... I- Oh yeah, you know I should yeah, mention I have we, not read the graphic novel. <laughs> we are we are probably going to go into spoilers, so bear bear with us if you've not seen it. If you haven't seen it, why have you not seen it? Go see it right now. Um, but yes, and then come back and listen. <laughs> yes, exactly. Don't yeah, please continue listening. Uh, but yeah, is is do you think it's the him that his love that brings him back, or is it the crow itself and that? supernatural ability i don't think it's his love that brings him back i think it's the atrocity i think the crow brings him back but i do think it's him because he has his memories and he has you know he knows where to go and he has the things that he has said in the past he he remembers things it's not the crow coming back and avenging the crow is more like an avatar assisting his vengeance yeah and and throughout storytelling you know from some of the first stories myths if you will you know there's always stories about people who have had traumatic deaths and then come back to seek revenge or to seek justice maybe or why why is it revenge is it not justice what is it when you're just fine with stuff i've forgotten the word (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, when you, you know, like I not think it's acceptance or something. Do you mean like want to do that? Like, like, do you mean like contentment? Is that the word? Contentment. Yeah, you know, just okay. you know, because you know, not everything has to come back and be no. bad. You know, as in like you just come back and you're just like, okay, I've, I've said goodbye to the ones that I love. You know, and there's always these, you know, myths and legends are filled with them of people who who have had traumatic deaths and then come back to seek something. So it's just an iteration of that, really. You know, I said vengeance, but I don't feel like this was a vengeance film because he isn't getting revenge. He isn't making them suffer in the ways that he suffered or that she suffered. He's just killing them. It's justice. It's not vengeance. Yeah, it's justice, isn't it? Settling the score, justice, yeah. They deserved it. They had it coming. They had it coming. They had it coming. Um, I yeah. did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, never, never seen it. That's on my uh, last stop on the hype train. But I know the song very well. Who? Well, I know Tonya doesn't like talking about the plot of the film. So, Ria, would you like to do that, or or should I do it? Should I fall? Because that you song? know I am so good. But that's summarizing things. That that's, is really my strength. I that think is that. your. Just it's just what you are about. Yeah. It's, it's your thing. It's your it's it's how you identify. You are a, a synopsis to me, a synopsis that, machine, yeah. uh, and you give the most entertaining. Synopster, a synopster, <laughs> yeah, a synopsis, a synopsis. I like that. Um, give it, give it, give it your best. I, I think it's pretty right. easy as 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 it a, is, a, right. as a right. synopsis. All right. Yeah. All right, let me go then. All right, come on, go for it, go for Dan. it. Right, so it's Devil's Night, which is the 30th of October, um, and we see that there has been a horrific crime happening where a young man, Eric Draven, and his fiancée, Shelley Webster, have been murdered. Um, we skip ahead to a year later, and Eric comes out of the grave and seeks vengeance on the people who committed the murder of him and his loved one, and also tries to right some of the wrongs in other people's lives. So, for example, there was a young girl, Sarah, who he and Shelley used to take care of, and so he protects her as well. Um, the bad dude is bad and fucks his half-sister, and it's all upsetting. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and there's lots of deaths, and he walks around in a cool outfit and makes cool silhouettes of crows. Done. Boom. I, I genuinely think that's when you're best and most concise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's talk about that outfit. There's yeah. something about that, isn't there? <laughs> Very Burton-esque. Like, let's just oh, wrap yeah. you in black and shiny, paint your face white. And yeah, that does it. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I was, I was just thinking, like, if you did, like, a claymation version of him, it'd look like Johnny Depp's character in The Corpse Bride. That's kind of that sim, kind of a similar. Or Edward Scissorhands. Oh yeah, of course, Catwoman. yeah, yeah. Any I mean, it's it's all a good look. <laughs> Do you think he was vac- vacuum sealed into the outfit as well, like they were? Yeah, I it is think tight. he would have to be. It is very tight, sewn in. Yeah, it's like it's like a mixture of, of Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman and Angelus, not Angel, Angelus mm. in Buffy. It's like when he oh, goes. Stop, into... Rhea. <laughs> it's like what he is. <laughs> We're getting flustered. I didn't know it was going to be that kind of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin and uh, I had a whole like 10 minute conversation about his hair as well. Okay. We would like just like properly just like 
isn't this hair really interesting? And Kevin and I were like, I wonder if you could grow your hair if you would look like that. And I'm just give that a go, <laughs> eh? Mm. It's wet a lot of the time too, so that's mm. part of it. It's like that nice, he's like nice length, it's sort of like that that wave. He's got a nice wave going on, tussled wave. Ooh. It is really good hair, you know. I, I, I read as well that the the makeup that he wears, um, they couldn't get it quite right. Every time the makeup artist would apply it, it just it looked too neat, too nice, too beautiful. So what what Brandon Lee and the director decided to do was that he would put it on before he went to bed. So you know when he's tossing and turning, so bad for your skin. Like that's like <laughs> that's like my four year old when she has her face painted and refuses to take it off, and she wakes up with like a freaking monster the next day. <laughs> Panda eyes. Um, so it's to give that look that it's kind of it's you know it's been a long night of him fighting crime and dying and falling off of buildings and it's kind of come off and rubbed away and that's why yeah well it's effective yeah I, I agree I think I, I think it really works because again it adds that kind of a level of realism that it actually it's never just perfect all the time right. um, and you know his outfit gets holes in that's or, it I always get really sad when somebody shoots him or stabs him because I'm like oh like that's his only oh, now. <laughs> Top. I mean, like, it, you know, his hand will grow back, but that top ruined. Yeah, it's a nice top as well. It's like a nice stretchy rib fabric. You don't see that often. I was like, oh, I bet that wasn't cheap. And he's just shot some holes in it. Oh, he's got all to the effort to to kill T T Bird. He kills and gets the coat and gets like a really mm. nice coat. And then people shoot him. I'm like, oh, it's that coat is nice. Is it Tintin? Yeah, T Bird's the the guy in the car. The there guy are a lot of T names yeah. in this. There's a lot of T names. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. I think I said Sherry earlier when I meant to say Shelley. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it is. I think it is Shelley. I may it have poured Shelley. some Irish cream in my tea today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't blame you. Don't blame you. Why do you think it was so? It's been such a kind of cult classic, so influential. Is it because? Do you think it's just because Brandon Lee's death, or do you think it's the quality of the film as well? Or I don't think it's just because of his death. Mm. I think that gave it a lot of hype, but that wouldn't give it staying power. No. So my my question is for you, Tonya. I mean, and maybe you, Dan. Sure. Um, is when did you both first watch this film? Because I have an experience which I think most people did is you watched this film and you went, This film's fucking insane. This is awesome. Um, and we're gonna watch it like all the time. So 1994, I was came out in 1994, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. So I'm like 12 13 years old so you saw it when it first came out uh i probably like a year afterwards on video, video. for some reason my mum would have let us rent it and it, like totally inappropriate for like i would have been about four, 13 14 at the time and was obviously like this is the best film i've ever seen and i'm absolutely obsessed and we bought it on vhs and watched it all the time and i was like this is so cool i want to die and come back <laughs> As the <laughs> and you know, I think for me as well, you know, it was an, a formative age of most action films had been for me growing up 80s action films or adventure action films, Indiana Jones, Star Wars, or you know, Arnie type of ones. And this was like this proper dark, gothic, Tim Burton esque action film. And I was like, I am this is my vibe, I am 100% down for this. So, how about you two? What was your did you just get it? And I was it trying to remember when when I first saw this, how old I was, and I could not remember because I cannot remember not knowing this film. It's like so ingrained in me 
that I can't even recall my first time because I've watched it just so many times and I have shared it with so many people and I quote just a ridiculous number of the lines. I think them, <laughs> you know, I think these, these lines as thoughts in my day and I could not, re- I could not remember. And it's weird because I feel like I had to have been an adult hmm. when I first saw it because of other things going on at the time I think I saw it, but I also feel like a childlike remembrance of experiencing it. So I just, I don't know, but it spoke to me. It spoke to me so much that, you know, I, I know the soundtrack inside and out and I know the lines inside and out. And it's just, it's one of those films that is part of me. It would definitely be, if it's not on, you know, your list of top five, it is so close. It's it's hard to pick a top five because there's so many amazing movies out there. But I know that this is one that has pieces of me. How about you, Dan? Yeah, I saw it when I think I must have been maybe 13, 14. But before that, I'll have seen it when I was younger in the video, in Blockbuster. I saw the video case. The guy's kind of, he's, it, you know, Brandon Lee's kind of walking down like that. There's like a, I think it's like the church doors or something, and there's the crow emblem. And and uh, I think there was another one as well where it's just kind of fire behind him and it's his face and he's like, you know, that visage, um, kind of gaunt, yet kind of muscular visage um like a lot like again it's one of those things that back in the day that was marketing they didn't have social media it was like you've got to create the best looking art for your video or it's not gonna it's not gonna happen you're not gonna no one's gonna pick that up and even they you know most of the time you get this like sword and sorcery thing and it's like oh yeah this looks really cool you're actually watching you're like they fucking got me again it's shit ah uh, you know, it's just garbage. Um, but yeah, I, I noticed it then. But I think it was kind of after I watched Blade, I was kind of in that kind of mood and era of kind of cool stuff and, you know, dudes in leather and punching people. I mean, I mean, actually, that sounds a bit, that sounds like a different lifestyle altogether, I think. Um, <laughs> it's but, okay, uh, Dan. We're all yeah, friends here. <laughs> Embrace it. There's nothing wrong with that. No, no, no. There certainly isn't. Um, but uh, yeah, I, and I was like, something yeah, sure. great about that, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's a it's a great uh, it's a great lifestyle. Um, you know, I was into wrestling as well, so that was very homoerotic as well. That's helping. Uh, <laughs> lots of lo- lots of lycra and spandex. Um, so, uh, so I did finally see it, and again, it was in it was in line with what I like like about Blade as well. There's simil- some similarities there. Um, it's comic book hero, but it wasn't your regular Spider Man Superman type of thing. So, um, yeah, I, I went uh, around that time. I got the book as well, which is a lot more kind of gothic and punk, and uh, it was real. It's a really interesting read. It's a beautiful read. Um, for those who don't know the. Uh, the writer of the original comic lost his partner in a horrible uh, traffic accident, um, car crash, and he wrote the book as a kind of a um, an ode to her and kind of um, again, it's not the same as what obviously what happened to him, but it was it was him trying to deal with that grief and and move past it. So he wrote this story and created this story to to put all of his emotions on the page and 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 it it speaks and it speaks to a lot of people and that's why the book was so popular and then within i think it was only a few years not many years at all maybe three um it was option for a film so it really spoke to people i think these kind of stories do but what i like about the crow as well is 
even though it is an action film, there's a bit of macho, you know, uh, you know, rough and readiness, two-fisted tail type thing. It, it is very much about the love story and it subverts a lot of the macho bullshit of an action yeah, film. Yeah, I don't think it is macho. I don't uh, I don't get yeah, that I don't feeling. The fights, no, and the fights don't feel like no, maybe not, men but... with muscles, being men, being tough, hard men. I don't see this film like that at all. There's so much pain in this. Mm. Well, that, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say, like, in in normal action films, it's like, oh, just tough it out, be a man, or oh, walk it off, you know. And in this, even though he has recuperative, you know, regenerating powers, and he can heal and he can get better and he's super strong. Jump on buildings. Jump on buildings, jump off buildings. Uh, we still see him constantly hurt, constantly broken. He loses his powers towards the end. We he's constantly in a in a position, almost always in a position of of weakness and openness and and like come and kill me. You know, I'm dead. There's nothing else you can do. I've seen what death is you know whatever do what you need to do but i'm gonna do what i need to do and i'm gonna get my hands around your throat to complete my mission and to and to go back to to the one i love so i've i've always kind of uh, appreciated that it's again it's a classic love story it's your um oh what's the what's the greek myth where he goes down into the underworld he can't look at her is it orpheus something like that so he has he has to get he's there's a deal where he, he makes with like hades where he's like you can walk out with her, um, but if you look at I'm her, usually really good at shit like that, but yeah, I forgot the word like, that I wanted to use earlier, so I'm like, <laughs> I'm no good, am I? <laughs> no, you're great. Um, but yeah, thanks, I think, thanks. You're great. I like you. You're cool. I feel like Tony is screaming at us right now. He will yeah, be. Yeah, he, <laughs> he will be. He will be. He will be. He'll but, uh, it all. But yeah, it like... Was, it was Orpheus. Yeah, I was right. Oh, good, good. I'm trying to remember her name though. Is it Eurydice? 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 Something like that. Orpheus and Eurydice? I think it's that. I think it's that one. Anyway. <laughs> love wow, stories. We're really bringing it, guys. We're great. We're great I know. Not, I'm sorry, not, Tony. Episode 150. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bring it, uh, bring it, bring it. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 that. But what what is it about this film that's um, that has such a unique identity? Do you think it is the the kind of metal punk influence, the musical influence uh, that that feeds into that? It's a huge part of it. It's also the aesthetic. The pictures are just you can feel what they feel. You know, you can feel the pain. You can feel the sadness. Nothing is full. Nothing is bright. Nothing is cheery. So you're walking around this dreary world and it's not quite colorless, but it damn near is. It's lacking something that you would have if you were living for real. And it even seems like there are, there are parts when it's actual living characters, it feels a little bit brighter around them. And I think it's because they are alive. But when we're with Eric, there's a lack of color. And I don't think that's accidental. Or if it was, it was a very brilliant accident. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think of, um, I think they play on this in some of the really crappy sequels it came after. I think maybe in City of Angels. Do not watch City of Angels. I, have, I, I haven't watched any that. of the sequels. because Fucking no, awful. They're not good. No, I, would, good. I don't bother. There's, there's not, it's, not, it's not many films. It's not right? fun. It's nah. not fun bad. It is nah. just... It's just Awful. You'll be so sad at wasting your time. Yeah, honestly, just 
stop. Just stop here. I have no interest. <laughs> no, I agree. I, I yeah, I, I went that far and I went no more. I was like, City <laughs> of Angels was a was a I'd like bottom bargain basement bullshit. And they have one of the characters of this film return as well. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I do nothing with it, of course. Uh, so yeah, but I did. I do like the. Um, because obviously this is set around Halloween, but it's also technically set around the Day of the Dead. And I always thought mm-hmm. that that um, that Eric Draven, who who the name the surname was actually not in the comic, he was just Eric. But obviously with the crow, they were like, "Oh, Draven, get it?" <laughs> <laughs> um, so and uh, he he kind of you know resembles the kind of sugar school. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought was really cool. And I think in some of the other comics, they they play on that and make it like a literal, like, um, you know, sugar skull and things, like the design and everything. So uh, what would you guys return back from the dead for? <laughs> well, I just wanted to say on on the film itself, I mm. think it's it what it is is one of my favourite things, if you've ever heard me talk about Mad Max Fury Road. Mm. But it's just <laughs> simple storytelling. This is not a complex story. It is... It is takes place pretty much in one night, apart from my, we could say the beginning. And it is a uh, he has four people to kill, ends up killing more. Fine with it, by the way. I have no problem with this. You know, he and tried it is, to just kill those four. Exactly. Like, you, know, you just and, give me the last dude, and I'll be done here. Well, your call. <laughs> yeah, you fucked up for yourself, mate. And, right, I'll, and <laughs> I'll kill all of you then. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't kill them in any complex ways. There's no like elaborate plan. It's just straightforward storytelling. And then on top of that, you've got the world building. From the moment you step into this film, you understand the world. It does both showing and telling, but not in a bad way. Right, it's and just so, so bleak. Yeah, and you just get an instant feel. It's like when you step into Gotham, it's exactly like that. And I know so many people make comparisons about about this and sort of being in, in Gotham. And it's just, and that's what's so good about it. It's it doesn't overdo anything. It doesn't overreg anything. It's when it is being showy, it doesn't feel showy, or it feels like, hey. Eric's died and it's been a bit tough. Maybe he wants to do a flaming crow. Thank you very much. I've got little <laughs> joy left in my world. And turns out I'm awesome at drawing crows in everything, in blood and fire and shit. <laughs> so I'm going to do it. And I'm like, you go, Eric. You really enjoy that. But like, it, it's that perfect blend of, of the story, of the set, of not overcomplicating things, of good actors, of good music you know it feels you can tell that everybody who is in this film was invested in this film you know there are certain roles where people could you know be doing like wink wink to the camera and none of that's happening you know they've gone this is what the film is we're gonna they were in it like no matter how ridiculous the character they were in it it's like I, Mm. I hate skink but yeah, he played so the much. hell out of that role, didn't he? <laughs> right? Didn't he? Like he was just in it. <laughs> right. And Dala, Dala's so tragic to Sarah, the young girl, her mom, she's so tragic. Yes. And she could play that role of Dala as uh, you know, as oh, look at junkies, aren't they terrible people? But she doesn't, you know, mm. she infuses it with real emotion. And I've got a whole backstory for her. I've not watched this film for ages, and we were watching it, and I was like, I'm sure there are more scenes with Dala in it, mm. or that you know, <laughs> she just brings so much to the role that you you totally get her. Right, the vulnerability, the yeah. regret, the guilt, the desperation. 
You know, why? You know, she doesn't feel like she I has totally, a whole lot of options, right? <laughs> exactly, right. And I totally get why she's with Funboy because what else has she got in life? He's providing her with some sort of security, both in right. who he has as a person and a security blanket in the fact that he supplies her with drugs so she doesn't have to think about her her quite frankly shitty life you know and then there's one scene with her and Sarah when she's trying to do her breakfast and she says oh, I've never been a good mother anyway I was never good at this mum shit anyway and like that just sums up her whole thing like she must have had Sarah young you know she had nobody to help her raise her she's been vulnerable people have taken and I'm like none of this is said in the film but you get it and that's why this right. film works so well they didn't need to go into like 10 tons of backstory. It's like, mm. th- these are the characters. We have thought out the backstory. We're just not telling you all of it. We have the answers. We just don't feel the need to spoon feed it to you. Oh, Sorry, you- Dan, so I forgot your question. because That was okay. I, I, would, <laughs> I was saying, um, so I was saying on Discord the other day, uh, I managed to interview one of the cast members uh, a couple of years ago at Multicomicon. I interviewed Bai Ling, who is the, uh, the sister. I love Bai Ling. Yeah. And she was likes she the was, pretty lights. <laughs> <laughs> she certainly does. And uh, she was a character. I will say that she was a real character. She's amazing. Yeah. Like, I just. Do you know what I? Sorry. Now I'm going to have. I just interrupted you. She's no, very rude. But I think you know. I don't think Biling is the best actress out there. But I think she's very, very talented. And I think if we wrote more interesting female mm. characters and interesting female lead characters, she would be super famous now. You know, because she fell into the the trap of a young starlet. You know, everything people were disgusting and perverted over her, well, and she. Was I, won't, treated... I won't tell you about some of the other things that went on multi comic con then. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and she yeah. was treated like this exotic, you know, this exotic thing that you know. I remember the tabloids absolutely ripping into her, like anything she did, and it was just all gross. It was all racist and sexist and gross. Yeah. But you can see with her role in this, you know, like she is this character. And she, you know, and I've seen her in other things, and and you forget. For me, I forget she she's in this film. And then I was like, oh, it's Biling. I just think again, that's another thing. Like you know, even in quite small roles, they've got really exceptional actors in, and I just think that's something really special about the film as well. Sorry to interrupt. I like Biling. It turns out, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's all right. We all do. We all do. Um, but yeah, I, I interviewed her, but unfortunately, my audio interface was we're having some power issues, and it cut out and erased the recording. Uh, oh my so gosh! I, I was so fucking gutted because she was like the biggest guest and the most interesting person to talk to at that event uh and it just uh, i didn't let her on uh saying that all that has not been recorded a guy recorded me with his phone who was kind of her assistant um so that's somewhere um so there, it does exist somewhere but uh, but the copy i had just died anyway uh i asked her we we asked basically how are you finding the convention what have you got coming up or what are you doing at the moment and then i just asked whatever the fuck i wanted to ask uh so i asked if, like in The Crow, if you died and came back, what would be your reason for coming back? What would you come back for? Uh, and she said, I don't believe in death. I believe in energy. And uh, when I die, my energy will be passed among all the people of the planet. We will share this energy. Uh, energy cannot be destroyed, but only passed on and, and change, and it will never dissipate sort of thing. Um, and it was fascinating. I was like, this is great. This is amazing. And then it was just like, boom. 
Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> but but I have my memories, so I have my memories of yes. it, and and that's something. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, I can't share it with anybody else. But it was a it was really special and and really unique. And again, like her perspective was, she's very she is a very spiritual person. She's um, from the moon. Is she? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She's from cool. the moon. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, that's fine. Uh, I am very fond of moon people, so there we go. Uh, but yeah, so I was asking. I would like to ask you guys: What do you think would would stir you to come back again? Doesn't need to be revenge or love or what have you. What would you come back for? Who's going to go first? I, I, I keep, mean, I keep forgetting. Oh, I, I am not going to. Answer yeah, that you question. do. Yeah. Okay. Rhea is well, going to answer the question. My answer would be too revealing, so I'm not going. Oh, to <laughs> Like I'm going to give people. <laughs> well, Here, here's the it, thing that matters most to me in the world. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you can you, you can make something up, or you can maybe have the second best thing if you want. I don't lie. Okay. All right. Okay. We go down. All right. Okay. <laughs> she's coming back to the liars, Dan. Yeah. That's what she's coming back for. 150th episode, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, during the content. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I would come back if anybody hurt my child. I would fucking destroy you, by the way. I mean, don't don't kill me because I will ruin your fucking life and all of your descendants and everybody around you's life as a ghost, That's as vengeance. a terrible spirit. Um, I mean, certainly don't do it if I'm alive because good fucking luck to you. Um, there you go. That's what I'd do. So come on, then bring it on. No, don't don't hurt my child. So I can do vengeance. That's I'm, right. I'm, a, I'm a little scared now. Um, yeah, I would uh, literally don't burn down the whole world for her. So you know. Yeah. So you. Good luck. So you should. So you. Good should. luck to anyone who bullies her at school. But then, where does she live? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know. You know. This is forty. Do you know the film? This is forty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tonya, do you know the film? This is forty. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was about to say a spoiler. But basically, I've never even heard of it, so you can spoil some, it. Somebody's mean to like the main character's child in it, and she goes to the school and she absolutely loses her shit. And I'm like 100% justified. I'm like, yep, yeah, I am that parent, and I will make a child cry. You bully my kid. I will make like that. <laughs> I played a character like that, and I rehearsed it at, at one of my acting classes because I knew that I was going to be doing this film. So it's a it's a film about colorism. And I am fair-skinned, and I have a dark-skinned daughter who is being picked on because of how dark her skin is. And I, they threw paint on her. And so I go to the school and tear into those kids and the administration. And it was a very awkward moment for me in my acting class because I thought, let me make sure I'm totally prepared. This guy is supposed to be a big deal in the industry. And he white-guyed me. He's like... You don't really want to come off as an angry black woman. Do you? <gasps> this these people hurt my child. I don't care what the race is. I am going to to get them. Like this isn't about race to me. This is about protecting my child. Fucking hell! And then yeah. you went. You can jog on, mate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> jog on. Wow. Fucking hell. <sighs> yeah, I asked for my money back. I'm like, this is this class is not for me. Yeah, good. And I hope you got that money back. Uh, well, um, Tonya, do you need me to come round? Because I'll fly over. <laughs> yeah. course, I'm just going to say yes because it means you're here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Well, um, we, we we all know, uh, uh, me and Tonya probably especially, that there is some problematic stuff in the world of acting, um, and that is just the tip of the iceberg, unfortunately, for, for everything. I just, yeah, it's kind of why I don't do it anymore. There's a lot of that. That that plays into it, that sort of shit. Um, I, I always used to hate that. I used to hate, like, casting calls and things like that. I just, yeah, it's like, um, you need to be attractive. What does that fucking mean? Right. What does that mean? The fuck to does whom? that mean? You know, yeah. you need to be good looking. I am. Am I your good looking? <laughs> I don't think so. I'm yeah, not. Who, who, who are we to? Or you like... need to be good looking, but not too good looking. You need to look realistically good looking. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> you know, you can't be. You can be, you can be angry. You, you can know, be angry, like... but not too angry. <laughs> fucking hell. <It's> just... <laughs> And, uh, be angry, but not black early. Angry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a different level of angry. I'm sorry, you can't be that. But I just, I always think, I always think, what it is, it's some bitter, twisted actor who's got a little bit of power, and they go, "Well, I'm, I'm auditioning. I'm the director. I'm going to make yeah. these people do fucking whatever I want." Because I'm, there was back at back in my college when I uh, when I was in Blackpool College, circa 2005, 2006. I You're think so young. I know, right? Uh, and hot and interesting. <laughs> And, uh, and and attractive and attractive and, and a quality <laughs> but not too podcaster. attractive right not yeah. too attractive not too attractive that that yeah exactly <laughs> i get casters that they ne- never be well maybe once i was the hero but it was it was literally me or the dregs of society so they picked me uh, <laughs> ouch uh it's all right they're not listening i don't know who they are anymore i've forgotten their names uh they were nice enough, but uh, I remember the the year above us. There was a there was a group. There was a new a new head of of, of the acting and drama department, whatever it was called, performing arts. And he came in and he was like, "You guys have got to get really comfortable with each other. Really comfortable, you know." So we we're gonna have a, a, a lesson. Like this was not what I was in, but this was what I heard about, and it kicked up a huge storm. And he's like, "You got to get comfortable." So I want everyone to pair up and start romantically kissing each other. Mm. What? Yeah. What? I shit you not. Would again wouldn't happen nowadays, but he literally walked in and this was like his first lesson. And I was like, fuck. Um, so they, they all did it because they're young, starving, you know, passionate actors. They all did it. Fair play to them. And then there he was like, mm, yeah, yeah, really good. Yeah, 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 really good. Yeah, I like that. Um now uh it needs to be same sex kisses. So so he he paired off girl by girl and boy by boy, and they had to romantically kiss. Uh, the 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 same sex, and there were complaints. Big surprise about this and this choice. Um, and yeah, he he kept the position. He stayed where he was, but nobody really liked him after that. Fucking that's sexual abuse because he's in a position of power. Mm. So he's using his position of power mm. to fulfill. Some, some yeah sexual thing he has yeah exactly and there's a, there's a lot of that and that uh, unfortunately filters into to you know America as well Hollywood and Me Too and everything and unfortunately that that is just I love a, that you just described it as Me Too and everything I mean I mean uh, that... you know do you know what I mean do you know what I mean <laughs> what do you want me to, what, what would you like me to say what's what's better to to I mean is it just the patriarchy it's just the patriarchy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the umbrella term. That's the umbrella term for all that shit. Um, but yeah, there was there was some other stuff. Like I remember they a couple of years before I started there, they did they did um, uh, they did fame, uh, but there was nobody of color there, and so 
things happened, um, unfortunately. But they did it when I was there. And it was probably more offensive, but instead of instead of that, they said they they got a white guy and just, you, just said, you won't even say it, huh? <laughs> no, I, I, I mean I, I can, but I'm not I'm not sure if it's something I'd like to say. I don't know if it's an appropriate say it. term. So they they're blacked a, a young guy up, basically. Jesus Christ! Yeah, basically. Um, Black Bull's known for being rough, but yeah, that was pretty rough. But then they did it again while I was there the year above. And instead, instead of that debacle, which again got a lot of complaints, uh, they just said he's Puerto Rican. That that's what they said. Mm. That was there's a lot. <laughs> they they inserted that line in and just went, he's Puerto Rican. Right. Okay. That fixes everything. Cheers. <laughs> Bye. Anyway, dance. Well, I am going to segue this conversation back to the crow. Yeah, that would be a yeah. good idea. I think. I think How about so. the racial diversity in this film Ooh. back in 1994? Uh, you know what? I was going to say what a what amazing cast. Um, mm-hmm. Brandon Lee, uh, American Chinese descent, uh, Biling. I'm not not entirely sure her descent. Chinese American. Chinese American. Cool. You would. Why do you, I know this about? You know, that? You're like <laughs> you're I like Biling's biggest fan. <laughs> You love Biling. Um, uh, Tonya Todd. I mean, Tony Todd is in it. Uh, hey. hey. Uh, <laughs> Ernie Hudson. Yeah, Ernie Hudson. What a man. Um, who who else was plays there? Tintin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tintin, yeah. Uh, Lawrence Mason. I've, I've just brought up the, uh, the what's it called? Jesus Christ, the cast list. <laughs> yeah, <it'd be. laughs> it's, it's been a long day. So you know... Day. Filings. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it. That's, you, that's in your long term. That's you know everything term. about her, but you don't know the, the phrase cast. <laughs> <laughs> Going really well. 150th yeah. episode. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> I, I love that episode where you forgot the word for women. That was that was yeah. that was one of my favorites. Once <laughs> I once I forgot my own name. <laughs> so Jack, I am Jack's musings, used to do film reviews and film go to film screenings and he'd mm. often invite me along because he's lovely um and you'd have to sign in and one time we had to sign in and I was like I don't know my name it'd been a really long day and they're like uh what I was like oh my god can everybody you know and then everybody's looking at you like I just need a lot like, of pressure two minutes <laughs> I can remember my actual name and then we'll all be good <laughs> That's what Rhea would come back for, her own name. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm dead. I don't know what my name is. I'm coming back. Let me look at my gravestone. <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> anyway, amazing, amazing cast. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, and they didn't point to it. It's just, hey, no. all of these actors play the roles. They're, they're hired to play very well. And they're the best cast for this production. In, so it, it actually could be done back then, even though it wasn't being done. Mm. Mm. The excuse they, I, of, well, everyone just cast all white people. <laughs> no. no, not everyone. Well, well, Alex Proyas wasn't the it wasn't the uh, last time that this would topic would come up from on one of his films because he did uh, Gods of Egypt. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, and they have a bunch of white people playing Egyptians. Yeah, it's not good. No, not not really, not really. Um, but uh, I think Brandon Lee was a big part of that um, because I know for a fact there was a there's a, a Chinese uh, character of Chinese descent who is 
trying to steal uh, the power of the crow and the invincibility. Uh, and he felt that that was too much of a, a stereotype, racist stereotype to be in the film. So he's like, not going to happen, not on my watch, uh, which I thought was cool. Good um, for him. Yeah, like, again, because, like... Because, you know, this is, what, his big break, and he's mm -hmm. going to be this breakout star. You might not want to rock the boat, but he did. Good for yeah. him. Yeah, absolutely. I guess I guess he probably had a little bit of clout with, the obviously, his dad and everything in, in Hollywood in some respect, but he was still... I think he was still working his way that up. Do, and do, replaceable. Though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and doing something with it, doing something with that mm. power that he has to, to raise everybody else up and provide a voice you know it's not his it was not his job no to correct people and teach people things it never is it's you know people need to go and do that learning himself and put himself in a vulnerable position so that's amazing i agree i agree 100 percent especially um, for his age mm, yeah how old not is like it's a great point 20, he was in his 20s wasn't he yeah early to mid 20s i think wow I can I can look it up through the magic. I feel of like internet. he's not part of the Twenty Seven Club. No, I think he was younger. I think he was slightly younger. But I can yeah, I think a... he was younger too. I'll I'll have a look. Um, so to have such agency at that age to speak up and do something about it, it's not just about having the clout of your your family. No, no of course not. And I, Lots I don't, of I th people have clout and they don't do mm -hmm, exactly. True. true. I, I think he was probably trying to play that down a lot as well because I know initially he wanted to do more dramatic acting and after that he he kind of knew that this was the, his way in was doing the martial arts and then kind of segueing into more dramatic stuff and this mm -hmm. was part this was part of it like he'd done a few films before this obviously like uh showdown in little tokyo which we covered last year on the podcast and some other stuff like rapid fire and uh some other films as well um but this was his yeah this was supposed to be his big break uh, um, and unfortunately, that wasn't. Uh, well, it, it did in a way. It did, but obviously for for all the wrong reasons. Do you know the? Did you know the situation? You know exactly what happened with with Brandon and. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, do we want to talk about it? Has it been talked I think about? We enough? kind of have to. You can't yeah. just ignore that this happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was during the fun boy scene. So they they shot everything. They've got everything they needed for that scene, as you can tell in the movie. There are other parts of the movie where you can definitely tell they did not film everything or did, did not have this. Um, so there, there's various different ways where they use digital masks, I believe, and uh, or they bubbles. just hit his face with his hair. Yeah, that yeah. They, as well. they re they rewrote the beginning, didn't they, so that mm. you couldn't actually, so you don't fully see his death. And I think that's yeah. one of the things why, because yeah. that hadn't been filmed yet. And it's pro probably for the best anyway, I think that it's more, I think that whole, I think that whole, again, that could be a very problematic scene, but I think they managed to film that in such a way where it, it's, it's not exploitative or, you know, it's not like one of these rape revenge movies or anything like that. It's just like... That it's shot in such a way that it's you know it disturbs you and it you know creeps you out and it's it's violating. But it's actually, not... I kind of like that they focused on the people who were doing the act rather than mm. the one yes being yeah. violated. Mm. So we're seeing it from that perspective, seeing them because they're the ones who are going to be attacked. Rather than hey everyone, let's watch another woman being violated. You know, let's yeah. let's all watch. So now we're going to exploit. Her her body in this scene and no we didn't get that we we saw them being creepy and you know getting too close to the camera and making it feel like 
it's happening to us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. And you don't see her naked body at any point, which nope. you know in uh-huh. other films you definitely see. You know, when they break in, she's not wearing anything provocative, which is also another trope that we'd already see right. again. And we are only forced to re well, it's not, I was about to say we're only forced to relive her trauma through the perpetrators, which isn't true. I don't like that, you know, we do get to, we do have to see her rape through the eyes of men, through when Eric does his mind melding thing. Like, I don't particularly like that. I'm like, you know, it is a woman's trauma being seen through a man the reason it's so effective in the scenes where it's the perpetrators doing it is exactly what Tonya said, because you are put in her position. You as the viewer are being violated. And so it's not at the expense of a woman that we're watching. So that's the only thing with what happens to her that I don't particularly like. And, and I think it's so effective. It's incredibly uncomfortable, Hmm. especially like, you know, the fun boy scene. Yeah. Just horrific. Hmm that it could have we didn't have to have the whole seeing Shelley herself and I, and I think they've probably done that to try and show humanize her show mm. she's not an off-screen character it's such a hard line to tread you know and I, and I don't know any answers and I know filmmakers are, are still trying to figure that out but you know if we didn't actually see her at any point it would be like okay so it's just another woman off screen being raped and murdered but at the same time it's so effective when it's happening to you as the viewer so it's a really difficult line real exploitative this time it felt it like doesn't it, i agree we have to show you the ugliness that happened but we're not going to sit here and dwell on it and mm. just let's just watch and get we're our tits off of seeing there's her no body. lingering camera which is yeah. terrible right. No, everything was moving and it was like herky-jerky because you, mm. you feel how it was there. Like they couldn't do anything. They couldn't, nothing was flowing continuously. They just kept going here and here and cutting here and there. And they were not in control of anything that was happening. Yeah, it's just pure, pure chaos, madness. And, right. you know, the day before they get married and it's just, yeah, absolute right. horrible, horrific kind of act and, yeah, I, I, I what Ria was saying earlier about um, Darla having more scenes and more of a backstory. I felt that way about Shelley. I felt I knew Shelley, like I knew what she was into, type of music, you know, who she was, and and again, I realized how little she is in it. But obviously, she's talked about the whole the whole story is driven by her death mm-hmm. and what happens to her. And I got a real sense of her without necessarily having the screen time or having lots of you know you know exposition or you know people and I've talking never about forgotten it. what her face looks like like mm. she just she's stunning in this movie yeah very very angelic especially at the end uh, spoilers for the end it's not really those scenes it's not the end it's more the flashbacks where we just mm. see how she was with Sarah and how yeah. she was with Sarah I, I love that scene with when she's with Sarah yeah. Yeah, that's really, it's nice. really lovely. And you, and you know, and you get a really nice sense of their life together. You know, they've not got a lot of money, but they're yeah. make. I mean, their apartment is fucking cool, though. Yeah, don't right. that <laughs> Way like, too cool, considering yeah. how little money they have yeah. and how they they're being look- kicked out because it's not fit to live there. But okay, artistic license to make it look cool anyway. That's, they, that's, the, that's the line I liked. Secondhand like- stores, you know, to just spruce it up. <laughs> I like that line. Where, I like that line where they're like, "She was fighting eviction in that neighborhood." Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Amazing. 
thing though. Yeah. Like she's not taking that shit. Wants to get married on Halloween. I'm with you, Shelley. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's and I was like, it was like, oh, who the fuck gets married on Halloween? I was like, fuck you, buddy. She gets yeah. married on Halloween. Exactly. Why do you think that's weird? Like <laughs> maybe uh. people think getting married on a Monday is weird, you know. That is weird. Though. Okay, fair enough. That is you're you're weird. <laughs> you're the weirdos. The people it's like, yeah, but that's married, weirder than getting get married, married whatever day you want. Mm-hmm. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's whatever. It's your wedding. It's your day. Do what you want. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I I felt I really got a sense of her uh, and and that she was a much bigger character throughout. Um, but when I came back, I forgot how short it was as well. But I think that is mm. due to obviously the tragic loss. Um, yeah, sorry, we're going to talk about that. Um, so, yeah, during the fun boy scene, they decided to do another take. So there's a series um, I would really recommend watching Shudder's Cursed Films. They've got a really good episode on on this film and various others, and it's really interesting to see what happened and stuff. Um, there, was a, there was a lot of accidents as well, and people were doing a lot of cocaine on this set. A guy burnt, burnt himself quite badly, and there was a, various other things going wrong. But in this in this shot, a few of these things come together to make this awful moment. The prop master had gone home for the day, and this, the junior prop master was in charge. And what he didn't know was he hadn't been told that if there's a, you have to check every gun after they've been used for a, a spent casing. So a casing of the bullet that is now empty, doesn't have the blank in it, but it's there still in the chamber. Um, so he didn't know to check that. So that's why that uh, shell. And why was he in this position, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, don't worry. There was a big court case and uh, Lee's family won. So, you know, got. I think they got something like three million, I believe, something maybe more. Um, but yeah, that's what that's what that happened. You can't put a price on his life. No, I, no, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I just, I'm just saying that's that's what what occurred. So that happened. We had the director said, Brandon Lee said he wanted to do one more take, I think, and and then Alex Proyas um, asked for the gun to be pointed at Brandon for a specific shot. So Michael Massey, who plays Funboy, shot that that bullet. I think I always remembered or thought that. I think it's kind of like an urban myth. Like back in the day, people didn't have the internet. We couldn't look these things up. So we we talk about them. And I think I remember it being during, apparently during the the big shootout in the boardroom, in the meeting room, the long table. Because yeah, that's every, what I heard at first too. Yeah. And I also heard that it was a live round that had somehow got mixed in all the blanks, um, which is not the case. Um, so what happens with uh, when that spent casing is still in there and you put another spent casing in, it becomes a bullet. So that remainder of the previous one and it, the power of the next round, the next blank, if you will, fires it out with the power and velocity of a bullet. And unfortunately that hit Brandon and led to his, led to his death. So that was what happened. And uh, Michael Massey has never seen the film. He felt awful. Alex Proyas felt awful because they felt they were responsible. Uh, Michael Massey said he still had nightmares up until his death. Um, uh, about the killing um and he said you know it's just something you never get over something like that um he took a year How off act- he took a year off acting to 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 deal with that as well um he's he's been in a few films uh since then obviously he's been in he was in seven and a few other things as well um he played bruce banner in an animated hulk two animated hulk films as well uh which i think he's really good he plays a more kind of villainous uh selfish banner in those and he's he's really good um he's also in tales from the hood which i love which is a horror anthology film if you haven't seen that um but yeah it's just 
fucking shouldn't have happened. And unfortunately, in a, in a positive way, it's not happened up until very recently again. So that's, you know, 20, mm. 30 years. But ha- however, it has fucking happened again, mm-hmm. which is also fucking atrocious. But the fact it's negligence, all- yeah, there's cool. no way around it. It's negligent. And unfortunately, we had such a shining star that's just been taken from us. And this is, you know, there's a there's a shot in it where he's he's kind of in the street and he's laughing. It's all in slow motion. And I feel like that might be one of the last shots he filmed because they seem to focus and linger on that quite a bit, where he's kind of seeing all the kids run by in the Halloween costumes and it slows down and he's laughing, he's smiling. And I feel like there's there's something significant about that shot for the director, I think, um, just the way we hang on it for so for so long. Mm. Um, but uh, again, I, I can't say for sure. I don't know. But I think there's there's something to to be said there. And it's it's an awful situation. And again, it should never happen, even though it has happened again. Uh, and hopefully it will never happen again on on a set because you don't actually need to even have live ammo anymore. CG is exactly. fine. CG is good enough for us to do that now. We don't need mm-hmm. live, live. You don't even probably need a gun. You just need a green stick. There you go. You're done. And that's and that's it. But we've we've come that so much further than uh, than what was available at the time. But it's it's a tragedy, and uh, unfortunately, that will always linger. But at least the film came out excellently. You know, I love it. I think a lot of people love it. Uh, even though it is a cult film, it is a beloved cult film. It was. It almost didn't get finished. Proyas didn't come back almost because of everything. Uh, again, he felt responsible. They, everybody loved Brandon on the set. And I can understand that because you mm-hmm. feel like I don't want to benefit from this. But at the same time, do you want all of his work to go yeah. unseen? Do we dishonor him or do we honor him by finishing the project? Like It's a, it's a tough call to make. And, and it's an extraordinary performance as well. Mm. You know, I, I totally get that conflict. And, we, you know, I say we, but people who are interest in films and tv when these tragedies happen we always have these conversations right which is should you release that content should you share that content and it's a really tricky one Mm. i don't think there's a right answer and i think different people have different thoughts on it but with this film you know i can imagine coming back to it and seeing that performance and going I would like people to see this film. He, he, because he, and it's not just because of the tragedy of his death. No. He is extraordinary in this film. Mm. His grief seeps off the screen. You know, you feel yeah. it. You know, it is at once both completely melodramatic, but also realistic and considered. And like, it's, it's extraordinary. I, I was a bit concerned going back into it because, like, I, you know, when he first comes back and he's, he's, he just has this physical outpouring of grief. Like I was a bit like, I've not watched this film in a while. Is it going to be cheesy and melodramatic? Mm-hmm. And it's not. I think you don't see performances like that very often. One way you as the viewer, you feel completely drowned in his grief about what has happened to him and Shelley. And I can imagine just going in and watching this footage and going, I want people to see this. Like in, and, and that must be a really difficult thing to do as the director, writer, producer, editor. Like, imagine editing this film after. It was his family, tragedy. Paul, wasn't it? It was, yeah. So he, he, because obviously the studio was like, we want money. Where's mm. all the monies? Um, so they were like, you've got to finish it. 
you know, he signed a contract, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, mm, I don't know if I can do it. He might have to get somebody else. I'm not sure. Um, and he decided to ask um, Lee's family, ask the mom, ask the, um, the partner. And uh, and they said, we we think you should do it. We think that you should finish this for him. And and that's what that's what the film is is uh, at the end we yes. get a, a dedication yeah. um, because that that is something that they because it was ninety percent shot I think for the most part I think it's not it's not many he only had a few days left in the yeah it had to be close yeah mm. it's it, I mean he's in pretty much the whole thing it's not like Bruce Lee who uh, who didn't finish Game of Death he is only in like half an hour of that film the like the final half an hour and it's incredible um but it's only half an hour everything else is like he has some guy um has is attacked with a knife and he's like oh I've got a scar on my face now so I'm, you can't recognize me um and that's where all those Bruce Lee exploitation movies come from as well um and yeah but he was in yeah he's in most of this it's only a few scenes where i really notice it like where he's riding with ernie hudson and he's trying to have a conversation with him and he's yeah. like doesn't say anything and he's like looks at him and he's like he notes his face and then he just disappears out of the car that's that's the only one where i was like it's that one's quite noticeable um everything else I it is put... but it worked with the plot too mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> he's having some problems you know <laughs> yeah true um what Rhea was saying earlier actually was really interesting because there was a cut portion of the film with a character called the skull cowboy uh, have you heard about this no i feel like i read about that a while ago yeah, so the Skull Cowboy, I believe he was in the comic, if I remember rightly, and he was kind of a, a guide or a, uh, he would explain the rules and what he could do. And and he, uh, so he, he, the crow, they kind of replaced that with the crow in the film. Um, but he was said to be somebody who didn't quite get their vengeance or didn't wasn't quite at rest after their vengeance. So they stuck around and they'd follow the the people that came back, the returned or the revenants. So like he didn't succeed in his vengeance or he broke a rule. Um, what one or two? It, it was it was never specifically said. It's just implied that that's why he's telling him to follow these rules. So what was happening in that version of the film was that every time Eric Draven would go and do something with his powers that was not um, directed towards his revenge, he would lose his powers. He'd become weak, and that, that would... sounds more rule based. Yeah, so that that would that was so if he goes to help out, um, you know. Um, uh, what's her face? Skater Sarah. girl. Sarah. Skater uh, girl. She was a skater girl. Um, Sarah. If she if he goes to help Sarah, then he'll lose his powers. And he doesn't, and he's weakened. And apparently, that's where all the wrapping on the hands comes from. You know, he kind of sellotapes up his hands. Apparently, that's where he got injured during a scene. But obviously, that seems cut, and we don't see the scene. And um, and it was Michael Berryman uh, who is. I think I'm kind of glad that that was not included. Yeah, because you know it's. His relationship with Sarah is so lovely. She like reminds him of love, of why he's there, right? She's that reminder for him of why he needs to seek this justice. Because he hides from her when she's first there and, and he only lets her see a little bit and then he reveals it all to her. And it's almost as if, you know, the love that she still has for him, the love that she still has for Shelley. You know, the whole film is once somebody's, the theme is once somebody's dead, it doesn't mean that they're gone. And the love that you have for them carries on. And it's Not like her. End. She says yeah. love lasts forever. Exactly. You know, and it's, and so I'm really pleased that's not there because I think that really dilute their relationship and how 
she is a reason for him to be undead. I, I, th- I think you're right. I think it would have been a bit too weird to have a guy walking around who's a cowboy and a skeleton. <laughs> just like, I mean, I know that it'd be too weird, that, but I think I it would be distracting. I think yeah. it would be distracting from the theme and from the mood of this film. And I think I think that's why they cut in. I think that's why they introduced the idea of injuring the crow. Is that, that is... in the graphic novel that I cowboy dude? I I think the cowboy is. I don't think weakening. It's, it's been years since I've read it. I'll be honest. You're better asking. Better off asking Tony and and Chris because they covered it on Comics in Motion. Mm-hmm. Go listen now to both of those. Um, but yeah, it's it's something you like put that. The link in the show notes. I'm, I might I might just do that. I might just do that. Uh, <laughs> See, even Tanya. Mike would. <laughs> all right, all right. You know, we all love Mike. All right, I'm, I, I'm, I base my show notes on his. So yeah, uh, just, just send me notes. <laughs> just the listeners know beforehand. We were talking about how much we like Mike, and Dan got jealous. Hey, so. yes. hey, I, I can. I, I'm all right. I, and that's I'm, Mike Burton of Genuine Chit Chat for those. Who yeah, it's great. It's great. It's good. <laughs> and it's, Star Wars comics and canon. He's got mad. Yeah. He's got mad skills. I like him. He's good. Yeah. Anyway, just stop hanging <laughs> on about him. Two minutes. Uh, <laughs> no, I, no I, I. Funny enough, when we talked about um, Pam Greer. I gave Mike a little shout out as well then, you didn't did, I? You did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm obsessed with you. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you go you guys do give shout-outs to me, so it's okay. So that's all right. So I, I, I it's it's at least I just call you spoiler, Dan, that's all. <laughs> I do not appreciate and I do not identify as that. <laughs> oh really? What's your email address? Um hmm. one email address that I only contact you with. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> is it even real? Oh, he just admitted he has a secret email address it's just for me. Just, just oh, secret email. Oh, we know who's the favorite, Dan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Now. Do you want? Do you want? I mean, you can have it. He as just well. had to have it. the attention back on him. He doesn't want to talk about Tony. That's my it's my hundred and fiftieth episode. You want to make That's it about right. me? Happy Let's birthday! <laughs> no, it's all right. I don't mind. <laughs> but yeah, does um, that mean you get hundred and fifty spankings? Oh my! Don't <laughs> 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 get excited, Tommy. We've don't, got, got to wrap this up. He looks kind of scared, not excited. <laughs> it's all—it's all the same to me, really. Uh, don't don't turn me on and then turn me away. That's not fair. That's just not fair. Uh, <laughs> oh, sure it is. I will elevate you just enough to bring you down. Why? Uh, uh yeah yeah so uh the crow, oh, the, crow. the crow yes <laughs> did you know did you know that the crow was remade in india oh no what was it called it was called hater the murder <laughs> oh my that's, god it sounds like a tiktok that's that's h a y t a colon the murder hater hater Hater, not wow. not you're a hater. Hater, hater. hater. Um, but yes, so I imagine there's. I imagine it's very joyful with a lot of dancing and singing, most likely. Uh, well, that sounds like something you should cover, since you you're not supposed to be watching the popular things like the crow. The, the crow. You yeah. Watch that. Well, and tell us all about it. Well, it's it's shock phobia fest, so I, I bend the rules a little bit. But don't worry, we'll go back to some weird shit next year. Don't worry, I've got some <laughs> stuff planned. Um, not, well, there's not... plenty of weird in this. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I. <laughs> What's your weirdest moment then? What's your favorite weird thing? 
Well, I mean, there's a lot of eyeball stuff going on in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the I mean, necessary th- shock of the relationship between those two. It's like she could have just been his mistress, but no, they made a point to make sure we knew oh, it's my sister. And he says it like, we have the same dad. That makes her my sister. What of it? You know, <laughs> um, you're sleeping with her. Maybe that's what of it. <laughs> you know? I, I love that. I love that as well. When you meet them, you're like, oh, how is she? I think we broke her. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, they're like, what were you doing? <laughs> yeah. Weird incest shit. Yeah. Eyeballs. Yeah. She does like, yeah, she does like eyeballs. And then poetic justice. She gets hers pecked out and falls to yeah, her. But that womb. wasn't that weird. She had that coming. She, she was the only one who understood the r- real power of the crow. Mm-hmm. It seemed. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because she's bi-ling. Rhea's, Rhea's favorite person. Do you think that she was just being bi-ling? I don't know if there was any acting going on whatsoever. <laughs> well, do, you I, think I mean, she's being, do you think she was being Michael? Do you think she was just being bi-ling? Good question. That is a good question. I'm not sure. <laughs> I feel like this isn't great content. Um, <laughs> I mean, we, I, I, don't, I don't think we've even talked about the film all that much. But no, okay. we haven't. You know what? All the stuff um, I'm going to mention is on IMDb. Okay, well, what do you think is the weirdest thing, Dan? Yeah, the weird, I mean, the, the incest thing. is the weirdest. That thing. is weird. That is definitely weird. Because it didn't really serve the plot at all. <laughs> you know? no. so that's the thing. It's kind of like, like yes. yes. She didn't need to be his sister. <laughs> so strange. It wasn't a problem. It didn't ruin the film or anything. But it was weird because it didn't have anything to do with the storyline whatsoever. <laughs> I think one of the weirder moments is one of the more kind of beautiful and poignant moments. Um if we go back to the the fun boy scene with Darla, and the and that fucking amazing line read Brandon Lee gives, where he says, "Mother is the name for God on the lips and hearts of all small children," I think he says, and, and then he gets the heroin out of her, yeah, squeezes yeah. it out of her, yeah, uh, mor- it's morphine, isn't it? Morphine, yeah, morphine, yeah. yeah. And she he knocks her habit, and it's I think I think that we're saying that I'm sorry, you're much well more well versed with drug use than I am. Of course, course I am. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I know all of the drugs. My um, apologies. I, I did it. I'm sure I did a drug once. One of the drugs. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he, he he knocks her habit, and I think that might have been a, uh, either a Proyas suggestion or a um, a because he's kind of almost like an avenging angel. So I think they wanted some sort of angelic ability. You might say a dark angel. Oh, nice, nice, very nice. Um, So I think they wanted something that like that and to show that he's not just all about the murders, doing the murders. Because I think a lot of these films would just be that. I think it's just like, right, yeah. it's, it's but a punishment. It, isn't it? Yeah. Because like, he realizes of- that Sarah still needs help. She's still among the living. It's not just about getting justice and hurting these people who hurt Shelley. But how about Sarah, who still has to live on these streets with these criminals out here? Go take care of your daughter. Yeah, it's it's not blanket violence or, or blanket vengeance. You know, he's not John Wicking it all over the place. He's just, you know, it's his is very specific about what he wants to do and who he wants right. to punish. Right, he didn't we even kill about... the pawn guy and he didn't yeah. have to die. Oh, he definitely Like every one of these is a life you help destroy. And he's right about that, but he lets him go. Victims, aren't we all? 
How do you both feel <laughs> about the violence in the film? I remember when it came out, and I say I remember it came out, I probably read it in like Empire or Total Film magazine or something like that, that there was a bit of a, and I, it's obviously linked to Brandon Lee's death, but there was a bit of an upset about all of the violence. How do you find the violence watching it now? Or do you, do you recall it. it being particularly... <laughs> <laughs> Do you recall it being particularly violent when you first watched it? Um, Not overly violent, but my kind of violence. <laughs> I, I mean, can, you, you've seen some of the things I watch, so for, <laughs> for me, this is quite tame. It um, feels really tame. Yeah, but I think I think if it if it was more if it was if it was over the top and it was blood and gore and bits and bodies and chainsaws, I think again it would take away from the love. But story. that would make it silly, and it yeah, wasn't exactly. Silly. That'll be your school cowboys. They, you know. Those movies have their place where you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's just let's get creative with all these kills and just do something ridiculous. But it wasn't that kind of film. This violence felt justified, and there was a sense of satisfaction that you received when you when you watch these people dying in the ways they did. In fact, I think it was really Skank was the only disappointing one because. Everyone else had a creative death. Oh, well, I was, I, they were I was killed gonna... with something that they used, you know, yeah. like that's some it, part of them. Yeah. Or he was just and tossed aside. They, yeah. But that's kind of fitting too, because he's just skank. Yeah. Well, that's it, isn't it? Skank. It sings as well, and it sings that they used to torture and rape Shelley as well. You know, mm. the knives were used to kill yeah. Eric and were used to threaten Shelley and cut her up, you know, fun boy is dick. Um you know all of that sort of stuff it it's all it's all things that were connected rather than it just being random violence mm-hmm. and i know you're like this tonya but love is what saves the day it is so we obviously ernie hudson is the, is in this and i think he's fantastic in this role and i think it's one of his best i also kind of you know i I don't think he mentions it, but I do feel like he was kind of fucked over with the Ghostbusters movies, if you go into the kind of backstory behind that and stuff. Um, like, they took lines away from him. He wasn't Eddie Murphy, so they were like, oh, well, us white guys will take these great lines. Bye. And you won't turn up till the third act, and you'll barely be in the second one. Sorry, Ernie. But um, but I, I I think he was great in this. There's there's gravitas, there's emotion, there's an intelligence. Um and that, just those scenes in the flat with him and um, Brandon Lee, I could watch all day. Uh, and apparently they were they were mostly improvised as well. Uh, were they? Yeah. So the the nothing trivial, the nothing trivial line is improvised. Yeah. Which I, I think is one of the better bits in the film as well. Like you know when you're dead, you know nothing was trivial. You miss it all. Even the the silly little annoying things you would miss about somebody. Um, but yeah, I think he's great. And and he stays with with Shelley for the 30 hours that she lives on uh, after right. the after the attack and, and the brutalization and and the fact that he stayed is, is shocking to 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 Brandon Lee's character Eric Draven but and he feels that pain he has this kind of psychic uh, touch I'm not, I'm, I'm, there's a name for it but I'm I'm blanking on every that. time he touches someone he gets these flashes yeah. and he gets these mm. memories and he gets a piece of it so I feel like they laid the groundwork for that and mm. you know he touched him for just a second he's like no do not touch me again yeah. like I can't take anything more right now yeah and uh, and and at the end he manages to to stop uh, top dollar who is amazing as well in this film an excellent villain just so much present. Invested. These actors were invested. Yeah. yeah. Michael Wincott, he's such, I feel Fucking so sorry great. for him. He's such a great villain and just as always in villain roles. It's like, 
super tight part. He's, ba- he's, he's back, so isn't good he? At it. He's come back in. Uh, he's in. Um, oh shit! It'll be a spoiler for mentioning it, won't it? <laughs> Fuck no. He's in, a, he's, in a, he's in a very big film at the moment. It's one word, but he's in it. I'll say that. I'll say no more. But he, he's back. He's back in a big film. So there we go. Um, I don't know what role I think he I know. I think I know the film you're talking about. Okay. By, by one of my favourite new, newish directors. Yes. I think you know. I think you right, know. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Um, <laughs> we're, we're trying to avoid... That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm, I'm winking. I'm Not winking to at a anyone podcast. who watched Neil's appearance or listened to yeah, Neil's that's appearance. Very on true. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> if you're not listening to uh, She Hulk podcast at large, get on it because it's almost <laughs> over. We're almost finished. Only two left. Um, but yeah, uh, I can't remember what we were talking about. Where were we? Uh, Wincott. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got it. Got it. So then he, yeah, he remembers that from Ernie Hudson and he uses that. So the love Ernie Hudson had, the caring, the you know, the the desire to see Shelley survive, um, but then also witnessing all that pain and never leaving um, for all those thirty hours, he gives that to Top Dollar, and then throws him off the roof, and he gets an amazing death. He gets, yeah, oh, he gets it. <laughs> that You're like, just looks so cool. Oh, and he's got all the bloods pouring out the goggles, mouth. It's Fucking yeah, great. very Beauty and the Beast. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> he Gaston, right? Did he eat twelve dozen eggs though? Do you think? Uh, I don't know, but <laughs> Gaston is one of the best villains, and I love that they both had like very similar deaths. Yeah, oh, so good, so good. Um, yeah, it's it's a great film. Like I'm not, we're not. There's not much. I wouldn't say there's much to critique. I think. You can there are some... some silly moments that I didn't yeah. love. Like we don't need the little dance when you go off the side. There are like a few just Is silly the, things, like the goofy humor that he kind of comes yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think you need. But that it didn't too. ruin the film. Yeah, I think you need that a little bit. I think you need these touching, softer moments because there's so many films out there. Is just like grim and gritty and dark, mm. grim and gritty uh-huh. and dark. And it's just, you know, it's just that all the way through. And you're like, fuck, you know, some days you're ready for it. And other days you're like, oh, tell a joke, throw a pie, fucking hell, do something. Have an ice cream, fuck. Uh, <laughs> go out in the sunshine once. Um, but, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think there's... I will like... accept that from a Brit because okay. you, don't, you don't know what well, real sunshine is. I was going to say... Not was... for me. I'm like I'm well against the sunshine. Uh, well, uh, to, it's, like... it's raining and cold and windy here and I'm still like factor 50 on every exposed bit of skin. <laughs> I was, I was going to say, Eric Draven says it can't rain all the time. He's clearly never been to Manchester. <laughs> yeah. It is I always torrential. read that line differently. It's like, oh, it can't rain all the time. <laughs> Why can't it? Do we, do we want it to rain? Do we not want it to rain? Yes, we do want it to rain. Mm. When it rains, it rain pours. is so romantic. Uh, what did you guys think of them kind of taking something from real life and more tragedy? Um, yay, episode 150. Uh, <laughs> uh, more happy things. Uh, so, The Devil's Night is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, and they and it's not in the comic. They don't use it in the comic, um, but they decided to to bring that into this film. Do you think that adds anything to to does it bring an edge of realism, or is there? Do you think it's an interesting idea? Does it go in, in line with the Halloween stuff? Or yeah, I think it was a, a great touch. Yeah, it makes. I it didn't realize easy. it wasn't in the the comic though. I didn't know that they they took that 
and said, you know what, let's add this element. So I say good call. Um, yeah, it was. Um, if you don't know what Devil's Night was, it was. Um, uh, I believe it started in the mid eighties, and or Mischief Night as Devil Night is is Devil's Night is also known. Um, and basically, people were just like, you know, they do pranks, throw eggs, toilet rolls, all that sort of stuff. But then it kind of escalated into like just arson, and then it just became a thing for years and years and years. And then, particularly in nineteen ninety four, there was a really bad night of it. And they decided, right, we're going to put out volunteers. People are going to, there's going to be a watchdogs, that type of thing. And uh, they called it Angels Night instead. And open, and they they constantly kind of every year would kind of uh, protect and maintain. And they'd uh, alert people to people starting fires. And then about around 2011, it was like completely wiped out. So they got, they managed to get rid of, Devil's Night and stop Devil's Night altogether. So uh, um, amazing work, uh, you know, to to get that. They I, they guess I had to go through a long period from just to get people to forget that tradition, I guess. Um, but they did it. They saved they saved Detroit uh, in some respects. What were you going to say, Rio? Can't remember now. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> something about Devil, Devil's Night. About Devil's Night. Probably. Yeah. yeah. So, was, what what do you think of? So, how they so added was it? it was it supposed? You know, Devil's Night. And I'm now looking at you, Dan, as an expert because you've obviously done some research. Because obviously, it's in Detroit, which is not mm-hmm. necessarily particularly mm. wealthy. Was it started as just fun and japes? Um, yeah, yeah. Initially, was it, initially. So it started as fun and yeah. japes, and rather than I think maybe somebody started some fires, and then I think it became a thing. Um, and like like you says in the film, it's like, oh, we've got the greeting cards now and everything. Because that's what's so interesting about how incredibly violent it is in this film, that it's, you know, that they're getting, he's like literally getting a gang together, Top Dollar's getting his all of his people together to use it as an excuse to intimidate people, to you know, get money out of people, to get power. Hmm. Um, and so I was just wondering in terms of real life, the criminal element, I imagine, wasn't quite how it started and what it was intended to be. And so this film's just gone, what if it was very, mm. um, you know, the one night off, whatever that film is, doing well. Um, <laughs> you know, the one is night the off, purge? It's the purge, thank you. Yeah. You know, this is almost like purge senior. I, I, I don't know 100%. I've not done loads of research into it. I don't know if there's more. Disgrace. I know, right? Utter, what a too busy down. looking up crazy villains on the first, in the Marvel universe. Post, posting those covers every day. I mean, you know what? Let's 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 do like on many of many of Tonya's shows. Let's go and educate ourselves. Let's let's read more about it. Let's find out. Let's let's speak to uh, the people who were there, experienced it. Let's let's find a new perspective on it. So, uh, uh, no, I'm a privileged white person. I'd like you to tell me about it rather than to educate myself. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. That's <sighs> sorry. I should know that as a, also a privileged white person. We are the fucking worst. I don't want to do any of the work. Fuck us, right? Fuck us. We are shit. Um, Anyway, I think we've gone on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we're bad. We're bad. All that white guilt's pouring out of us now. Uh, So, um, guys, I think we've gone on long enough. I said I would remind you. uh, Oh, God, I've got listed comments as well, haven't I? Yeah, do comments. I'll do them. I'll go do them. Do it. 
Very quick. Come on, more enthusiasm. Don't go, oh, shit. Come on. Uh, I'm, I'm People thinking... took time and energy. To no, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying, oh, shit. <laughs> I don't remember. I'm all, I'm all shitting because I forgot to tell Tonya when we <laughs> should be wrapping it up because I forgot. Um, so anyway, listen to comments. Ada McCartney at AA underscore McCartney. Ada. Uh, AA Ada. Uh, she is, um, so I asked people, what do you think of the film? Tell us your feelings. She said, diggable in theory, but definitely too spicy for this cat. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know if maybe that's, maybe that's the, the initial kind of opening of the film she might be discussing the kind of the violence there. And, um, I'm not sure, or if it's just something she just not, not her bag, maybe. So you didn't follow up. You didn't ask her to elaborate. No, no. I, th- I well, I, I asked her. I, I thought she would elaborate more anyway, but but clearly not. But we no, can ask. She's a woman of mystery. Okay, yes. I like that. I like that. Much much like the crow. Um, I am Jack's musings says at I am Jack's musings. It's a near masterpiece. Uh, there you are, Jack. There, there he is. There <laughs> he's, he is. He's often a man of few words, and I yeah. think that sums it up, really. Yeah. Go check out his letterbox. It's great. Yes. Some will just be one word. Yes. Uh, I need to do some actual reviews on it as well. Uh, on my new letterbox. Check that out, too. Uh, so, uh, Math, who is a guest on uh, She-Hulk Podcast at Large, says, The Crow is one of my favourite films. I got my son to watch it uh, in the last few weeks, even with all the events that happened. Also, no onions. They make you fart. Big time. <laughs> uh, Tony said, uh, Chris Phelps and I covered the uh, Crow comics last year. Lots to talk about Catholic stuff. I think The Crow was an allegory for Detroit. It was almost dead, but then has risen from the ashes and is a lot different. Not all the changes are great. The movie and the film are totally different animals and both are great. The girl in The Crow is so bad that she almost kills it. I don't know if he is he talking about Sarah. Oh, poor Sarah! Like I was Sarah. so desperate to have her undercut when I was a t- when I was young, like young teen, and nobody would let me. <laughs> I'd go to hairdressers, and they'd go, "No, your mum would be really upset." Like, Excuse me, it's my hair. Rude. Fuck, fuck my mum. Fuck her. <laughs> so rude. <laughs> Just like let you have this. Like you're paying. Fuck everybody else. I mean, I was like 13. Not so a tattoo. I, I, yeah. I was You're paying. I was paying gr- at that age. It grows, it grows back unless you're me. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, John Hammond, so that's at John Hammond 73, says, brilliant movie, albeit tinged with sadness. Could have made Brandon Lee a huge star after pulling off a fine performance, delivering his lines with a plum. Great action, visually stunning. I love it. Uh, Paul Meller. Uh, so that's at the Mella Geek, one of our or, or one of my all-time favorites. Excellent story, cast, action, and soundtrack. Still sad to think how good Brandon Lee was, and not what we could have had if the tragic events linked to this movie had not happened. And a new listener of Tonya's, Fuzzy Dunlop. Uh, that's at Fuzzy Dunlop underscore one. It's one of those films that if I ever come across it randomly on TV. I always end up watching it. I never get bored after all these years. It's equal parts of its time, yet it is timeless. It's really great, in my honest opinion. Those are great comments. They do. I mean, you know, that's not my not my first podcast on you. <laughs> is it? How many have you done? 150. And that's not counting Patreon as well. <laughs> There's more. If you want more, 
Some people might. Tonya does, uh, and she gets them on Patreon. But you do have to go past the paywall to get them. Uh, but yes, guys, I'm sorry. I forgot to tell us when the timer was going off. Gone on longer than I, I thought maybe we have. I don't actually know how long we've gone on for, but I'm going to apologize now because that is what I do. Uh but guys you've got some amazing stuff coming up and stuff that has just come out podcast wise um please tell us about it ria you go first oh another thing i'm really good at Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so join me and my fellow pop gritters we through october we have been doing we will be doing some horror movie franchises so come and have a listen uh it's reviews spoiler free in less time than it takes to listen to a song unless you're me let's just say my song lengths are post-rock math rock songs because they go on for like 15 minutes sometimes um also, uh, what else am I doing? I'll be <laughs> torturing myself with Christmas films again in December. So come and join that. And a wonderful guest I've had on Femme on Film, Jess, will be joining me to torture herself with shitty Christmas films. She's going to choose good ones um, because she's a sensible human being. I'm going to watch all the shitty ones. Uh, <laughs> uh, so join us in then. That'll be on Pop Gridders. And, of course, Femme on Film, at Femme on Film Pod on Twitter. All the links will be in the show notes. Go and subscribe, listen, do all those good things because um, Femon Film is one of my favorite podcasts. Wow, well, thank there you. Is. So you have kind. not lived until you've heard a Rhea rant. <laughs> that's why I br- that's why I keep bringing you guys back. I've not really had one in this episode, have I? Oh, no, no. Enjoyed this film. Yeah. <laughs> it's an actually good film for once. Uh, <laughs> you did have a slight moment with the rape scene but it, it wasn't mm. a rant no i think that's it did I not think, qualify as a rant. no it, it, it didn't that's go on it, shame. it didn't go on as long but I'm, I'm with you i was with you on that rant i didn't uh, get angry did i no um, i think i think you were more disappointed yeah i think. disappointed mm. all right if you want if you want me to get angry hey listeners in the uk go and donate to your local food bank go look at the trussell trust people are starving and dying the tories are killing us uh, they are making terrible decisions. Go and help wherever you can. Also donate toiletries. Go and see what people need because it's more than just food. And hey, food, lots of people can't actually heat up the food. So go and look at your local food bank and see what people need. Fuck the Tories. Boom. You drop Smash it. the page. Plug puppy. anything after that. I just want <laughs> go do what, what Rhea said. Don't worry about my podcasts. Don't worry about my appearances. Just listen to Rhea. Uh, but podcasts are free. So go and listen to podcasts and bring some joy in your life. Go and listen yeah. to Tonya's band books because fucking hell, I have rants about every single one of those episodes. Go Ab- do it. Absolutely. Well, well, I can't I can't do my links now because of this. <laughs> I, I feel weird. I'll be like, oh, and me. No, go on, go on. No, <laughs> no, no, no. There, is, lives. there is no fucking way I'm doing my links now after that. Is, <laughs> They'll be in the show notes. People they will. are here for your 150th you, episode. They are, they are. So you, you don't have to worry. People are watching I don't. listen. But no, I, I I agree with I agree with Tonya and Rhea. Go go donate, go help out, go support, do do something because we are privileged to get to sit around and talk about movies yeah. we love. There are people who are starving. There are people yeah. who yeah. can't heat up their food. There are people who are just suffering and they don't get to sit around and listen to podcasts. So and and in the UK, as of in the UK as of next week, they are it, it sounds like they are cutting funding to to all job seekers, support, all support funding for people who are unemployed. Uh looks like it's being axed. So uh 
or there's they're in discussions to axe it or change it or lessen it, whatever it's it is. Fucking disgrace. Just yep. so I mean, all of you here are not Tories listening because otherwise you wouldn't be listening. But if you are, they don't care about you. They do not care about you. Stop Never voting did. for Never them. Never did. Never will. Anyway. Um, Anyway, so this is how I get people to hate me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you had to make it political. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm Rhea with you. for prime minister. Do it, do it, no, do it. Uh, thank you, <laughs> no, guys. Thank you very much. I know, I know, we didn't talk about the crow that much, but it's an excellent film. Go experience it. If you want more trivia, it's on the IMDb page. That's where I'm getting it from. So go read it yourself. Go read about the school cowboy uh, and all the other cool stuff. Uh, and maybe a Wikipedia page. I, I took a few things from there. Um, but there you are. That is The Crow and another excellent addition to Shock Phobia Fest. Uh, Rhea's already been on. Uh, she's been on twice. She is a Shock Phobia Fest uh, connoisseur. Um, I don't. It's I don't. Twice, know. It's twice a connoisseur. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> are, you, are you a podcaster or are you a podcast guest? That's another question. Uh, yes, that's that's a different question for another show. For another, <laughs> for another, another time, another show. Another and we flight. did get our answer, didn't we? We did. I think we did. I think we did. It uh, came out. <laughs> came out of that closet. Yeah, actually. <laughs> I'm on all of these. Uh, uh, I'm plugging yeah. more than Mike. <laughs> but yes, yes. Uh, thank you, guys. This has been uh, wonderful. I always enjoy podcasting with you guys. You'll be on back very soon in January. We're going to look at some very weird films, and you might not like them, and I might not like them because I've never seen them either. So they're going to be weird, really weird. Yeah, only one of them. Only one. Yeah. I'm a little tentative about the other. I'll watch both. Maybe I will be pleasantly surprised. But one okay. Looks cool, have you been doing? One... Have you been doing some research? Have you? you no, got spoil- I anything? don't do spoilers. I just. I know, Tonya. I know. Just from what you told me. Right. Okay. <laughs> but that is kind of the both kind of that way similar. Absolutely. But... Never do research before I watch it. <laughs> I know this. I know this, but oh, I just. I love I, you too. I, it's I like fall you don't in. even know me, Dan. <laughs> God, uh, did, did have I regretted inviting you for the hundred and fifty? Have I? No, it's been amazing. No. You it's been it's been it's been great. I don't. Uh, I'll have you on m- much more in the future as well. You guys, you have great. me booked for next October. I, I know. I'm, I'm I'm that keen. I'm that keen to have you back. Uh, uh. Anyway, anyway, we're going. You know where all my links are. You know where all these other people's links are. They're in the show notes. Go. They're amazing. Check out the band books because it is life-altering, perspective-changing, uh, not world-ending. I don't know why I might say world-ending. But, it, I mean, if people are in charge of banning books, in charge of the government, maybe it is world-ending. I got political too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's really important. Go and listen to Tonya's work. It it's is. amazing. It really it's absolutely is. absolutely amazing. It's, uh, it's one of my – I think it might be one of the best podcast journeys I'm going on. I I'm, agree. I'm cher- cherishing every – single moment opinion controversy everything all of this stuff it's good um we've kept on you we've probably ruined a schedule for the entire day (laughs) uh we're gonna go now i appreciate you sharing your celebration with me oh well i i appreciate you allowing me to celebrate my celebration with you 
or whatever that is. Very I'm well just along for the ride. <laughs> Ria, Ria, you're always here and you're always appreciated. Uh, in, always here. And, yeah, you're, I mean, you're... Yeah, oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it, we're always watching, always. <laughs> right, I hope you're enjoying the rest of Shockphobia Fest. There is one left. Oh, I won't tell you what it is, but it's going to be good. I've not even recorded it yet, so it must be great. Uh, so <laughs> I see into the future. Goodbye. Goodbye.